I didn't know what to say or think. Everything I say gets twisted to be used against me. I genuinely didn't know I was treating her so badly. I'm a straightforward person, especially regarding her since I repress myself so much around her. Groveling is something I am completely unused to. I've never really had to self-sacrifice much, and I get a slight shock every time something doesn't go my way. Ugh, such a long post. Groveling is something I... Okay, that's it. Okay. Um, you're fucking crazy, bro. <laughs> Hey, Night Stalker, go to church. Hey, Ted Bundy, get out of the car. Leave that woman in the grocery store parking lot alone. That's the vibes I'm getting, babe. Don't know about you. Kid sounds crazy. What's up, babe? Dude, this is the fucking problem with the internet, and I'm not even being facetious about it. I could do what the host of Cheer Up, Babe, the podcast does. Let's read that one more time. I got aggressively too descriptive, and you saw it. And you're welcome. Happy Monday. Hey, babe. Welcome back to another episode of my podcast, Cheer Up, Babe. I'm your host, VJ Julio, and this is episode 42. And we're here to have a fun and happy time. Happy Monday. Thank you for listening in to another episode. And uh, I got to tell you, I'm a happy man, okay? I'm a really happy man. I'm recording this Christmas Day. And right now, I got to say my heart is full. We'll get to that later. But first, the important stuff. I watched the new Spider-Man movie. <laughs> I watched the new Spider-Man movie. And uh, here's the thing. I'm. You guys know me at this point. You know me almost to my core. Because I'm me. And if there's one thing about me, it's that I'm me. Right? And you guys know me. Because I spout absolute nonsense, and you can't bullshit people for an hour and a half a, a, at a time. At a, actually, you probably could, but I'm not. So I went to make a point, and it wasn't the point. But the point is, is that I'm me. Now, the thing about me being me is I try to just be my true authentic self all the time. All right? Now, that true authentic self sometimes is a little bit hyper. Sometimes he's a little bit wild. Sometimes he's boring as all shit, right? And sometimes he goes and watches the new Spider-Man movie by himself at 9.30 at night. Sometimes certain things I do make me go, that's you. That's you in a nutshell, you know? And basically it's because I'm super cool, calm, and collected and comfortable with myself. But also at the same time, there's that voice in the back of my brain that goes... You would be bullied right now if this was a high school move, but since I was faking it back then, didn't get bullied, not faking it now, come at me. Went and saw the new Spider-Man movie. 100% true story, went by myself, because here's the deal, okay? If you're comfortable enough with yourself, going to the movies by yourself is the coolest fucking shit you can do. You don't have to do the whole, oh, I really want to see that. In the commercials bullshit, trailer bullshit, right? When they play 37 minutes of commercials, or trailers, I should say, before they actually screen the movie, you don't have to sit there, get halfway through your popcorn, get bloated, have the popcorn farts, have to go get a refill on your Coca-Cola, and then whisper to your date or whoever you brought to the movies that day about, oh, that one looks like it sucks. You know what I'm saying? You get to just do you. Now... My little brother, Boone, you know, the 22-year-old is absolutely obsessed with Spider-Man. Now, 
I'm not exaggerating. I'm not exaggerating that. He's 110% obsessed with Spider-Man. You might be thinking, oh, so he likes Spider-Man a lot? No. As in, him and his wife, in their home, there is an entire room designated to his Spider-Man memorabilia. And they don't got a lot of rooms, okay? (laughs) I'm not saying they got wings of the house to just go around and decorate willy-nilly like they're a fucking Kardashian or something. They have a normal amount of rooms, and one of the rooms that could be used as like a office or a guest bedroom for an older brother if he wanted to come stay is a Spider-Man memorabilia room. So the kid is fucking obsessed with Spider-Man. So naturally, the new Spider-Man movie drops. There's a lot of hype around it, and he goes opening night, of course, and real quick sidebar about that, he was talking about how much he was cheering during the scenes, and how everybody else in the theater was also cheering during certain scenes. Now, that makes me note two things. One, holy fucking dorks, right? We know that from the jump. Absolute fucking nerds cheering for a movie. And two, maybe this movie's pretty good. Now, here's the deal. I'm a... F- I- I'm a f- Nope, I almost said I'm a fan. I enjoy superhero movies. I'm not a fan of anything. I'm a fan of myself. So egotistical. But I enjoy superhero movies and stuff. Spider-Man's not my favorite, but my little brother's love for Spider-Man make me love has made me love Spider-Man that much more. That's a true fact. So I text him. So when the new trailer dropped a while ago, I told him, I'm going to fly you out like I got fucking fly you out money or something. So not the case. I say, I'm going to fly you out and we're going to go to the Spider-Man movie together. Obviously, that didn't take place because financially irresponsible bills right so he had already went they cheered at the movie theater it was irritating to hear about but we also didn't talk to each other until i went and watched the spider-man movie myself now i told my wife i'm gonna go watch a spider-man movie by myself and she says that sounds great married an absolute fucking nerd and i said 100 percent." now the great thing about our movie theater is you can bring beer in there there's a bar in the fucking theater, and you can order beer and take it into the theater. Also, every single seat, none of those bullshit seats where you're fighting for elbow room like you're in seat C-17 on an airplane. There, Every single one is a lounge. Every single chair in every single theater at the Marcus Parkwood Theaters is a lounge chair. And it's built for 300 plus people, so super spacious for a six-foot lean machine right? (laughs) I don't know why I said that. doesn't matter. So I went and watched the Spider-Man movie and no spoilers here. Don't worry. You don't got to fast forward or stop listening to the episode. I will say that people cheered at the theater that I watched it at. I was not one of those people that cheered. I did under my breath comments like, holy shit, that's crazy. Um, But it was nine days after the opening night and People were still cheering nine days later. So that tells you one of two things. One, movie is for absolute fucking nerds. And two, it's absolute fucking dorks. Another thing that proves that the movie is for one, absolute fucking losers. And two, is probably a great fucking movie. Is I went to the 930 showing. I called Boone at midnight And we talked for an hour, and all we do is recap lines and scenes for an hour and talk about the future possibilities. That's a 29-year-old and a 22-year-old. I'm a father, too. 
Okay? So, Dorks, great movie. I recommend it if you want to go watch Spider-Man. Now, I'm me, but I did have a moment of insecurity in the theater that I got to be honest with you about, babe. Okay? Now, I didn't tell anyone about this, but I'm going to tell the Cubs about it. I'm ordering a beer. I immediately get insecure over the fact that I'm wearing sweatpants and a hoodie with a flannel over the top of it, and I'm by myself, okay? Now, the bartender making a conversation while I get a beer says, what movie are you here to see? And I go, Spider-Man. And they go, oh, who are you with? Now, normally, super confident with myself, don't give a shit what anybody thinks, I go, nobody. But then I got the -the over-the-mask eyebrow. I got the -the over-the-mask judgmental eyes because, babe, if there's one thing that this pandemic has given us, it's our ability to read people's eyes with pinpoint accuracy. We know that. So I read the pinpoint accuracy eyebrows of fucking loser. So I immediately go, it's actually a funny thing. My little brother is in Idaho and we both wanted to watch the movie together, but we didn't. And now he's in a theater in Idaho right now. And we're going to call each other after the movie. So it's kind of like we watched it together. Fucking liar. Fucking so insecure liar, dude. (laughs) And the worst part is, is the fucking bartender goes, wow, that's actually really, really sweet. And I was like, thanks. Took my beer, tucked my tail between my legs and went and watched the Spider-Man movie. Disappointed in who I was being as a person. Right? You got to be true to yourself. Don't be insecure in the moment and lie to somebody say it, and say things like your little brother is in Idaho watching the same movie and that's why you're here by yourself. Like you're not here by yourself. Like you love that shit because I love that shit. Going to a theater by yourself with a beer and just fucking being completely wrapped up. I did the same thing with uh, It Too. When It Too came out, I went to the movie theater by myself. I was like, I'm going to go fucking watch it. Want to watch it? Went and watched it. Wasn't that scary, but all in all, it was a good experience. I just do that shit, but I got one fucking eyebrow read over the top of a mask, and I got insecure, and then I lied, and then now I've been thinking about it for three days. Why did I lie? Don't like it. Be more trusting in who you are as a person, but Spider-Man, great fucking movie. Great fucking movie. Highly, highly recommend. Go see it. When the credits rolled... And I'm a part of the nine day later crew. Did people clap? Yep. Made me so mad. Almost ruined the experience. It's fine. Don't clap at the end of a movie. Okay. Real quick sidebar. If you're at a theater and the movie was great and the credits roll, stand up and think that was great. Don't clap at the end of the movie. Tom Holland isn't going to hear your applause and your pride in his performance. The writers in the writer's room aren't going to know you clapped. Don't clap at the end of the movie. Makes me so fucking mad. All right? But also don't lie to people about who you are as a person. That's who I am as a person. I go to movie theaters by myself and I drink a beer and I fucking enjoy myself. And it's the best. Highly recommend that experience. Highly recommend Spider-Man. Now, the real thing I wanted to talk to you guys about in episode 42 is a little bit more serious than normal cheer up babe it is it is what it is we get silly and a lot of times i just rant about nonsensical bullshit but i wanted to talk to you guys about anchor memories and it's kind of something that i do 
and it's kind of the way that I stay happy with my life all the time. Now, they say that comparison is the thief of all joy. I don't agree with that. If the comparison is a comparison to you in the past, I think that that is the light to the joy for what you can see yourself as in your current moment. Wow. So fucking redundant the way I said that. Definitely didn't plan that sentence out before I started saying. Should we retry it? Maybe we should retry that. I don't recommend comparing yourself to other people, but comparing yourself to your past self is a good way to gauge how far you've come. Fucking boom. Now, the first example, lost you. Halfway through the sentence, absolutely no doubt. I don't even question it. Second example, give me a fucking TED Talk. You know? But let's get down to the fucking point. Jesus. I have these things that I call anchor memories. And they allow me to appreciate moments that are happening to me in the moment. It's some stupid, hippy-dippy-ass fucking, if you were into yoga, you'd be like, yes, that's called being in the present fucking thing. But it's a way that I do it, and I don't have to ever say the words shavasana, okay? Now, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about an anchor memory of mine. And it starts about eight years ago. So I want to say that I proposed to Jordan pretty early by, quote, societal standards. I proposed to her one year into dating. (laughs) Hey, you can't, hey, you can't fucking judge. All right. You can't be like, whoa, what were you thinking? It's been almost a decade. I'm winning. Okay. But I proposed to her about a year into us dating. We had basically been living together for like six months or seven months and look she's just she's just a woman for me and that is what it is I found the woman for me really early she makes me better in every way and it just is what it is now she is not the type of woman to lean on a man for anything she's not the type of woman she's a she's a strong independent woman that's just kind of how she is that's how she sees herself and it's one of the reasons that I'm attracted to her and we were both pretty freaking young when we got engaged And I think the reason that it worked out so well and it has continued to work out so well, and I've talked about it in the past, is our level of communication has always been a door that is 100% open. We are completely honest with each other and there's no judgment when we're talking to each other about fears, anxieties, nerves, anything that could cause a rift in either our relationship or who we are as an individual person. It's just we're our own psychologists and we just... And therapists, and we get to bounce that back and forth all the time without any judgment. And sometimes we sit there and listen because you just need to vent. And sometimes we sit there and we give feedback because we're looking for helpful answers. It's just the way we've always worked. And it's why from the beginning, I thought it was going to work so well. But the thing about her being a strong, independent woman is that the concept of, hey, I'm wrestling in college right now. And this is my last year wrestling at this college. I have a scholarship to this other college, and I'm proposing to you, which means that I'm going to need you to come with me to this place and trust me that it's going to work out for both of us. Now, where the trust aspect comes in is I told her before we left to Minnesota from Idaho, if it doesn't, if it's not working for you, we're gone. I can wrestle anywhere. I told her that. That was my little bit of trust that I instilled in her. 
so that she could trust me that I really believe that I'm making the best decision for both of us because there's opportunities for both of us here, right? In Minnesota, that is. At the time, she could go to school while I also go to school and I wrestle. And then we can just, you know, one step at a time, figure it out from there. And a quick little example of that is when we're pulling a U-Haul trailer with a 2002 Forest Green Ford Ranger across the country and we stop at a hotel in Fargo, North Dakota, and she has a meltdown in the bathroom of the hotel about how far away we are. Was this the right decision? We've only really known each other for a year. Is this all the wrong move? I just have to grab her and say, we can turn around right now. And I did that. I grabbed her and I put my forehead against hers and I said, we can turn around right now. In the morning, we can wake up, get back in the truck, and we can drive straight back to Idaho. I can wrestle anywhere. We will figure it out. And instilling that little bit of trust in her gave her the confidence in the fact that she feels like she picked the right guy to let's just keep moving forward and see where it goes. Now, I, when we get to Minnesota, we don't have a dime to our name, okay? I do have the scholarship and everything, but we're living in an apartment. We don't have any furniture. We have a mattress <laughs> and all of our shit is in boxes and we have no money. We spent all of our money basically getting to Minnesota. We had nothing in the bank. We had nothing. We were literally just fucking rolling the dice with each other. If you want a perfect example of our relationship at this time, go listen to We Got Us. It's a song. YouTube it right now. I think it's by some guy named Cannon Smith or some shit like that. Might be Samsonite way off with that one, but it's called We Got Us, and that is the entire example of what our relationship was. So now we're in Minnesota. We've put all of our trust in this other person. I put all my trust in her. She's put all her trust in me, and we are now broke and in Minnesota, and we have no money, and we have no food. And I'm not saying we even have, we don't have no food like, oh, we don't have fresh groceries. I guess we're going to have pizza rolls again. I'm saying we have nothing. What we did have that was actually left over in a box from the trip, and this is a week after we arrive that this is still this way. We have half a box of Rice Krispies and we have a jar of peanut butter that's empty. But you know how in peanut butter, when, you, when it's empty, there's still all the leftover scraped peanut butter on the sides, right? So legitimately what we did and all we ate one of the days, it's about a week in, possibly close to two weeks in, to us being in Minnesota, we have no furniture. We're sitting on crates and we are pouring Rice Krispies into peanut butter, an empty peanut butter jar, and eating the Rice Krispies together out of an empty peanut butter jar. And she's crying, right? And of course, I'm having the second guessing thoughts. I'm having the thoughts of, did I fuck us over? You know, was this the wrong call? And so we start talking about it. We start having an open discussion. She's, she's hungry <laughs> and anxious about the decision. And we start talking about it. And having an open discussion about like all the emotions and feelings that you're having in a moment can really make the moment seem lighter and seem less scary. And so we had a big, long discussion. We talked for like two, three hours. And the way that it felt good on the end was I looked at her and I said, you love me? And she said, yes. And I said, 
you want to spend the rest of this life with me? And she said, yes. And I said, you want to have my babies? And she said, yes. And I said, we're going to laugh at this one day. And she and she's stopped crying and she's nodding. And, you know, tears are running down both of our faces and stuff because it's a it's a heavy moment. And I was like, I trust you. And she says back, I trust you. And I was like, okay. We trust each other. We love each other. We want to spend the rest of our lives together. That's all we need right now because this life is one step at a time. And as long as those steps are in the right direction, we're going to be just fine. Fast forward to last night. Okay. Now I'm recording this Christmas day or Christmas night, I should say. So Christmas Eve, it's time to play Santa Claus. If you have kids listening right now, um, pause it and come back to it when you're by yourself because I don't want to be that guy. But Christmas Eve, girls get put in bed, and it's time for mom and dad to start being Santa Claus. So we go downstairs, and we start wrapping presents. And I put together a kitchen fucking unit that's essentially the most intense piece of furniture that I've ever assembled. And I've assembled multiple pieces of furniture. Okay? Now, it's like adult Legos, so I enjoy it, but... I did have to assemble this kitchen set, and it wasn't some rinky-dinky plastic kitchen set. It was a fucking all-wood kitchen set that weighs like 110 pounds that came in 37 pieces that each piece had to be screwed in properly in the correct place. Took me a second, okay? But that's besides the point. I'm building this for my 16-month-old who's been walking for seven months, and I'm just like, maybe this is overkill. But it wasn't overkill, and... This story is not about money. This story is about trusting your moves and only comparing yourself to your past self. So we're assembling all this stuff. Jordan's wrapping presents. We're, we have the Christmas Chronicles on Netflix on in the background. Charlotte Kay is sleeping on the couch right next to Jordan while she wraps presents. And we're getting it all together. It took us about two, three hours to get everything ready to go. We, we slowly creep them back up the stairs assemble everything in the living room and we're standing there after everything's all assembled and we're trying to make it look so cool and cute you know like because we want to you know we want Christmas to be a big deal Christmas was a big deal in my house Christmas was a big deal in her house we we want this to be a big deal we would like the we kind of viewed this year as like this is kind of the start of our traditions because this you know Gracie gets to interact and then next year Charlotte will be interacting and we could just build it and have these wonderful Christmas memories and experiences and we always want to be able to give our daughters that right but we're standing there and we're kind of scanning the living room looking at the setup looking at all the gifts and stuff and you know I got a little I got a little weight in my chest and a little lump in my throat for a second. And I turn to Jordan and I go, Rice Krispies and peanut butter. And she looked at me and her eyes got teary. And she smiled. And we gave each other a hug. And it made that moment just that much more special. And all we were doing is comparing ourselves to our past selves. It's all we were doing. So I like to keep my anchor memories the tough ones, the hard ones. I don't want to keep my anchor memories where I'm on the top of the world. Because if all you're doing is comparing yourself to your past self when your past self was winning, you're not going to appreciate the right moves that you're making. You're not going to appreciate the right 
steps that you're taking at the extent that you possibly could. But if you make your anchor memories the tough ones, you really get to see how far you've come. And holy hell, if you can do that with someone, if you can have those exact same experiences with your person, there's not a more victorious or happy feeling in the world. And we are by no means where we want to finish. We are by no means at the end goal of what we want our lives to look like. But I'll tell you one thing, we're moving in the right direction. And our one steps at a time are the correct one steps at a time. And we get to witness that all the time, as long as we keep reminding ourselves of where we started from. And it was such a moment last night, setting up those gifts and thinking back to that, that I was like, man, I got to tell the Cubs about that because Maybe you're cre- maybe you're in the middle of one of your anchor memories right now, you know? Maybe you're maybe it's hard. Maybe you're it's really really difficult. Or maybe you're in the middle. You know? Maybe you're better off than you were a few years ago or 8 years ago or 10 years ago, but you're not close to where you thought you would be. It's not about where you thought you'd be. It's about where you are right now in comparison to your past self. And- And if you're in a really, really tough time right now, and it's hard, congratulations. You get to create that anchor memory, and you get to look back at this moment right now in a few years, five years, eight years. As long as you keep taking those right steps in the right direction, and you trust yourself. And if you're in the middle, just keep stepping. And if you're at the finish line, congratulations. But don't forget those Rice Krispies and peanut butter, babe. Don't ever forget that and always appreciate and love where you are. So I wanted to talk to the Cubs about that, man. I just wanted to, we we get silly, but sometimes on our happy Monday, we have to talk about life. When life gets real, we got to talk about it, right? So I do genuinely hope that all all of the Cubs out there had a fucking wonderful Christmas. Because I know that it was probably a tough one for a lot of people. And you probably didn't get to spend time with your family. We didn't get it. We didn't get to spend any time with our family, but at the same time, not complaining, okay? Because got to experience what it's like to have just my family unit in my house for my first Christmas. There will be plenty of years in the future for all the grandparents, aunts, uncles, and we're gonna just smorgasbord it. But with it being Gracie's first, walking, interacting, talking, ripping open presents, saying, "What is this? What is this?" <laughs> every single item it was cool to experience that just kind of by ourselves for the first year so that was really fun but a lot of you you know probably maybe you had a shitty Christmas (laughs) it's not that big a deal it's one day out of the year it's just another day don't make it too heavy if it's not a joyous occasion okay and the new year is right around the corner and we I'll tell you one thing we don't do on Cheer Up Bear the podcast. We don't play that New Year, New Me bullshit. New Year, same bullshit us. But at the same time, that bullshit ass motherfucker that's the same is going to be taking steps in the right direction to be the bullshit motherfucker we want to be. Okay? God, that was... Now listen. Now now I got... Now I, I talked to the Cubs about that. That's great. Thank you for listening, babe. 
Let's talk about Gracie Open Presence for a second. Dude, okay, I got her a, sh- a stride. Actually, I didn't get her a stride bike. I'm not even going to say who got her what because she got so many fucking things that only Jordan knows who got her everything of what. But one of the presents was a strider bike, and it's a pink and white bicycle without pedals that she pushes with her feet. There's two wheels on the front that are like three inches apart and one wheel on the back. And we sat her on it, and she's pushing it around, you know. She's kind of like seeing how the steering works and all that stuff and she kind of pushes forward like three or four feet and i was like i got this on camera and it's the funniest fucking thing she goes she stops and i was like what do you think and she goes she points at (laughs) she always flexes her hands so aggressively i don't know where she gets her aggressive hand motions from okay so my daughter also looks exactly like me why is she so pretty because you know pointing at myself right now how doesn't make sense but she's the prettiest fucking thing on the planet but she flexes her hands when she's trying to point her middle finger ring finger and pinky finger are like pointed at the sky and her index finger is pointed down at whatever she's pointing at and her thumb is also pointed at the sky and she touches whatever she's pointing to and i'm like babe we need to work on the fist point we need to close those four fingers and point but she flexes them in the other direction to get them out of the way of what she's fucking pointing at and she touches whatever she's pointing at and she goes what is this (laughs) it's my favorite shit so she stops pushing her bike forward and she just points at the handlebar she's like what is this with her eyebrows fucking clenched in confusion and i go that's a bike and she goes, uh, uh, what is this? <laughs> and I'm like, it's a fucking bike, okay? <laughs> God, that was great, though. She walked out. We also got that on video, her walking out to see all of the living room set up and see all the new presents and stuff. And she's just like, what the f- fuck is going on? And uh, And we're just like play (laughs) could you imagine being not even understanding fucking sentences yet and or understanding like that changes in your world are possible you're on like a schedule and your house is your house and your play area is your play area and your toys are your toys and then you just wake up one morning and your entire living room is different and all of these are your new toys you imagine like how what the fuck I, I would be like, what is this too? <laughs> Dude, I'm 29. And if something changes, I go, what is this? And hands down, when I'm at work, that's the only thing I'm going to fucking say when someone tries to say, change something. I'm going to flex my fingers up and I'm going to point at whatever the person is talking about. And I'm going to go, what is this? And they're going to be like, what? It's I just told you about it. It's our new protocol for when. What is this? And they'll be like, it's a... We just talked about it. It's the new guidelines for... What is this? That's all I'm going to fucking do, dude. Fingers flexed up. Index finger down. What is this? In honor of the smartest little girl I've ever met. (laughs) Oh, man. It was a good day, Cubs. It was a really good day. And I hope you have a great week. All right, babe. Episode 42 is also brought to you by Microsoft Edge. If you're looking for a unique web browsing experience, download Microsoft Edge as your web browser today. They have all sorts of new upgrades on there, advanced security features, all sorts of cool 
things that you can tinker around with. I personally like the read aloud feature for when I'm trying to get updates on the, the latest, sickest BuzzFeed article. Obviously, this is not a read. Coming up with this one on the fly, but it's all good. Whenever we listen to anything online here on Cheer Up Air, the podcast, I'm using the Microsoft Edge web browser. Okay, when we're listening to Matthew McConaughey spout nonsense or we're listening to Kakumba, the coolest guy on the planet, Maccabee, we're listening to that directly through the Microsoft Edge browser right into your ears. So if Papa Bear uses it, why wouldn't the Cubs use it? A.K.A. VJ Julio. Thanks, Cubs. Let's get back to episode 42. All right, babe. So we've had some good heart to heart moments on on episode 42 so far. I feel good about it. I'm glad I got to share that story with you. But as you know, it's time to start some unqualified dad advice. Obviously. Now, are we going to ramp it up to 11 and get real sarcastic and silly? Maybe. But let's see how it goes. <laughs> Leaning forward because blind as a fucking bat. I haven't even pulled up Reddit yet, but guess what? I'm going to keep you on the horn while I pull up Reddit still, okay? Now, here's the deal. I'm not an, an, uh, I don't know. I'm not like a good person. <laughs> I, I don't think. Like the way I view myself is not like, how do I say this? I don't. If someone were to ask me, VJ, what are your best qualities? I'm just a good guy is probably not at the top of my list because I'm self-deprecating. But I do enjoy the dad, unqualified dad advice section because sometimes people just need to hear it. You know what I mean? People just need to hear uh, that, hey, your brain is bullshit right now and it's trying to fucking play tricks on you. Also, at the same time, if you... We we filter through what probably shouldn't be asked to other people, right? Now, I'm obviously just still talking for the sake that I hadn't pulled up the Reddit advice, but it's here now. As always, COVID-19 posted comments are no longer allowed on the subreddit, all right? <laughs> Forget everything I just said for the last fucking 18 seconds because it was filler. I didn't even mean it, other than the fact that I do – I'm naturally in the back of my brain – I think, am I a good person? I don't fucking know. We'll find out when I die and we answer to the Lord. Okay, scroll. Stop. My 48-year-old, oh, this is from a 48-year-old female with an 18-year-old son. And this, Jesus, I don't like, so the way this reads is my 48-year-old female son, 18 male, is dating a 29-year-old man. So whenever that happens, they put that shit in parentheses, the 48F with the 18M. So I have to try to reword it for you, babe, and I get lost along the travels sometimes. So I try to say it how it should be written, not as some sort of bullshit scrambled together sentence. So... This woman, who's 48, has an 18-year-old son who's dating a 29-year-old man. And that's the whole title. So, took me 45 seconds to explain that. We're going to click right in because literally zero context from the title. Also, top or bottom. <laughs> just, kidding. just kidding. That was super inappropriate. I'm just playing. Just playing, babe. We're just getting silly. Wow. Clicked in. Literally fucking one, two, three, four, five paragraphs like it's a college essay. So we'll see how this goes. 
probably not going to be great. My son has always been an extremely shy, introverted, sensitive, and quiet person. He also always had a very feminine behavior and mannerisms. Due to all of these things, he got bullied a lot during most of his high school life. Yeah, he's gay, okay? Do you understand how rough it is for gay kids in high school? Especially the closeted ones? It's not a kind world if you like dicks when you have a dick. We just know that. So, welcome to high school. It seems like things are trending in the right direction lately for gay people. Am I saying that as a straight white man? Yes. Should I not even fucking touch the subject with a 39 and a half foot pole? Probably. But at the same time, you know my heart's in the right place. Okay, babe? Let's get back to the post. Due to, all of these, due to all of these things, he got bullied a lot during most of his high school life. Me and my husband knew nothing about it because he has always been the type of kid to bottle up his feelings and project a happy persona to not upset us, apparently. Even though he was hurting inside, until he was 14, we discovered that he was self-harming. God damn. Now, I don't want to judge you as a parent, okay? I don't want to say that you were closing your eyes to the situation because it's easier to close your eyes to the situation because I guess I don't have that in-depth of a look. But if your fucking kid is introverted and self-harming, and but you're just like, oh, he always is happy around us, it's like maybe fucking open the book, okay? Don't look at the cover, Flip to the first fucking page and see, is my son all right? Because he might be able to fake some bullshit if you're just asking him innocuous questions like, how was school today? You don't let your fucking kid be in your house without getting in-depth with how they are doing inside genuinely and have some sit-down heart-to-hearts. And that's coming from a guy who hasn't experienced that era of life yet. I just know that that was my experience from my parents. They knew where I was emotionally at almost all times because they weren't trying to close their eyes to the situation now did i say i didn't want to judge you as a parent and then say a bunch of judgmental shit yeah cheer up with the podcast get over it so at 14 they discovered that he was self-harming immediately took him to see a psychologist and psychiatrist and thus he ended up getting diagnosed with a bunch of mental illnesses jesus christ we got him the best treatment we could find to help him overcome and get rid of these issues things slow dude Okay, look, I don't agree with that. Um, this is a this is a this is a Papa Bear personally thing, so don't take this as the right answer. This is just a Papa Bear personally thing. All right, babe. So he got diagnosed with a bunch of mental illnesses and shit. Um, the kid was hiding from who he was, and he also was hiding everything about who he was from himself and from the people that are supposed to love him unconditionally and accept him for who he is. He doesn't have mental illnesses. He just doesn't have a fucking support system, so that led to depression, so that led into extreme self-confidence issues. Bing, bang, boom. He doesn't have fucking schizophrenia or something. He's a gay kid who couldn't accept himself. I should probably stop going so fucking hard in every sentence because we might have a lot to get through. But I don't know. I just feel like some of that shit just needed to be said, and I'm sorry. And also... Second Dashound that you guys haven't fucking met yet just walked into the studio. Hi, Fran. Kind of in the middle of something important. Come here. You want to see everybody? Come here. Let's show them. Hi, this is Fran. She's prettier than Kilo. 
I call her Hooker, and she's the best baby dog ever. Kilo is a raging asshole to my babies, and he know, but he does know that if he ever bites one of them, I'm going to fucking snap him in half and throw him out of a window. But Fran here is a good baby dog, meaning that Gracie pulls on her ears and her long hair, and uh, she just fucking takes it. So she's submissive. <laughs> Not an alpha. All good. Also super distracting. Let's get back to the post. Things slowly started getting better, but some of the problems kept on persist- persisting, such as his social anxiety, eating disorder, etc. When he was 16, he confessed to us that he was talking with this man online and that he really wanted to meet up with him in real life. Me and my husband were taken aback by the fact that this man was 27 at the time, but, but we ended up agreeing to let him meet, since I noticed that for the first time in his life, my son looked really excited about hanging out with someone. Hmm. The only condition we had for them was to hang out over at our house, to which they agreed. Found out that this man was actually a very sweet and nice guy after meeting him, and we didn't sense anything suspicious about it at all. Wait, what do you what what do you mean by suspicious? What you didn't wait? Hold on. So, are your eyes still closed to the fact that your son's gay? Did you you hadn't put that one together yet? All the therap- all the therapists, psychiatrists, and psychology fucking appointments you put him in to get him diagnosed with those mental illnesses, the fact that he just likes dudes didn't come to the fucking top? Great job, but you're probably just doing your best. My bad, my bad. Being so fucking judgmental, I'm sorry. But s- suspicious, like... <laughs> He's a 27-year-old guy. Who's making your son, quote, excited to see him? He probably a predator, probably gonna fuck each other. So, my son and him became best friends incredibly fast, and before we knew it, they were hanging out every single day, and this dude was over at our place pretty much all the time. Didn't mind this at all. He even started helping out with household stuff. This is so fucking weird. Thanks to this newfound family friend, my son succeeded in getting over his social anxiety, eating disorder, occasional depression, etc. Yeah, dating will do that. He also just seemed like a much happier person overall. During this time, I always thought of them as just the best buddies. Yeah, you know how fucking 16-year-olds and 27-year-olds can just be bestest buddies, babe. A few months ago, though, my son came to a came out to us as gay and informed us that he and this friend began dating this year and that they loved each other dearly. His now boyfriend actually had the courage to have a sit-down talk with us about the relationship in general. How it started, how it progressed, etc. He also informed us that his feelings were 100% genuine. After the initial shock caused by this news, we accepted their relationship, thinking that if my son's life has changed so much for the better after meeting this man, their relationship must be a very healthy one. My son has never been happier than he is now. He's just radiating chill and positive vibes. Right now, we're spending the winter holidays with the two of them and his family, and we're having an absolute blast. But recently, a few family friends and relatives actually took their time to personally call me and inform me that after finding out about the relationship, they think that the relationship is absolutely disgusting and a disgrace, and I'm a total failure of a parent for allowing my son to be with this predator. That I'm an awful person for, quote, allowing such things to happen right before my eyes, etc. Shut them right off, but it honestly got me thinking, could I really be the bad guy here? Okay, now, I immediately feel bad about the first two paragraphs judgmental sentences that I was throwing out because I sound like just one of your family members. The fact that this ended with your son is the happiest he's ever been 
and it's been fucking three years, dude, I mean, that's all you should want from your kid. That's all you should want. Is your kid fucking happy? Is your kid healthy and in a good headspace? And are they being treated correctly? That's it, okay? No matter how you fucking got there, I guess, you got there. It didn't end the opposite way, which is he never found that. Imagine the guilt. I'm sure you feel guilty about the fact that your son felt that he needed to hide who he truly was from you for such a long time until finally he became confident enough in in himself, probably because of his fucking friend. Now, it is gross that this guy was this way when he was 16. That's absolutely fucking awful. And that's the stick in the spokes of this point, okay? That's the... That's the thing that kind of has to get ironed out in terms of when did they start dating. Now, if it was one of those things that they were truly best friends for a couple years and then your son turned 18 and then they started dating, that's kind that's different, okay? Now, it doesn't ah, – this is a fucking tough one, babe. This is a really – this is one that you kind of have to know the two guys a little bit more and know a little bit more backstory. Not saying you didn't give enough backstory. You gave great backstory. That was extremely well written, babe. But – ah. That's tough because absolutely if they were dating when he was 16, he's a predator and he is probably grooming and shaping your son to choose this, which is fucking a big issue. But at the same time, if there's no toxicity in the relationship currently and they and your son's life is better and happier. This is a fucking tough one, and I honestly don't have a fucking answer for it. This is such a unique thing that, based off of my personal experiences, which is super-duper straightforward, I don't have enough life experience to give advice on this topic. I want to see what the top-voted like comment is, okay? Because maybe that would actually give a good piece of advice for this, because I don't, I don't really have anything. It's tough. This is a tough one to give on. But, okay, the top the top voted comment says, let me start out by saying you are not a bad person or parent. I'm a gay male who had, similar childhood, who had a similar childhood as your son from the sounds of it. Isolated, very shy, etc. And was taken advantage of because of my weak life experiences. Honestly, it sounds like your child was groomed by this man. A decade plus age gap and they started talking when your child is underage is very classical grooming science. Yeah, that's where my brain started going after I said that your son is happy thing. And that's why I was like, ooh, actually, hold up. Not every predator is going to be suspicious. In fact, they usually start off nice and their aggression slowly ramps up over time. But also, I don't know your family or the dynamics of your son's relationship, but there are a lot of red flags. Okay, see, now, that's from someone with a little bit more experience who... That's just, that's immediately where my brain started going to after I said, well, your son's fucking happy, but then I remembered the ages. And that's the problem. And there are so many red flags. And what we do with red flags is we hold them up and we say, let's try to find a different path. But you got to make sure that your son understands the problems. But it's also tough because your son's happy right now. Okay. But let's just let's just look at the facts. Let's just look at the facts right now and try to make a blanket statement for to wrap this one up. We got huge red flags, we got a huge age difference, grooming of minors, and the minors are at the time diagnosed with a mental illness. That's tough. Okay. At 16 
everyone can get blinded by some fucking intimacy and affection. And it doesn't mean that it's a real relationship. Um, and you can get tricked into thinking that things are right when they're not early, which is what? The fucking definition of grooming, right? When a more mature person with control issues and maybe... Yeah, dude, I would say probably get your son out of there if you could. Um, it feels problematic because of because of the age gap when it happened. Now, if your son was 20 and then he meets this fucking 31-year-old guy, who the fuck cares? They're both, you know, it's still a little bit weird, but at the same time, yeah, dude. Okay, because your son was 16, fuck that. Guy's a predator. That's the end of the story. You got to get him out. Okay, babe, that one was a tough one. That was hands down the toughest fucking advice question that we've gotten. And it's been 42 fucking episodes. That one was so tough. So not prepared. So we're going to fucking move on because I'm fucking feeling insecure about myself. Like I'm by myself in a movie theater like I'm fucking Steven Glansberg. Okay, scroll. Stop. Accused of being a psychopathic monster and an abuser. Okay, is this from the fucking 27-year-old dating the 60-year-old? Wow, what a full circle thing. I'm sure that this post is from a guy who's dating a kid who just turned 18, but they've known each other slash been flirty since they were 16. How fucking crazy would that be that we hit a scroll stop? That's like winning the fucking lottery on Cheer Up, babe. But alas, that's probably not the situation. Let's read it. First, the facts. I'm 15. My sister is 18. Okay, so it's not him. My sister is 18. My sister has had to cater my needs over the years. I'm used to getting my way. Today became a bit of a showdown and has left me with a lot of thoughts. I have a problem where I shut out my emotions when I'm around my sister because I'm scared of getting a negative reaction from her. She's tired of catering and bending to me because our mom never wanted kids and doesn't know how to handle us. Jesus Christ. Due to words due to words and my repressed emotions around her, also slices of truth, It came up that I had never seen her as a person before, only as what I consider an NPC, a non-playable character. God damn. So much happened that I can't possibly put everything into this post at once, but I will respond to people wanting more knowledge of the situation. One of the things she said to me was that I was a psychopathic monster because I don't feel much emotion regarding people. I don't feel much emotion-wise. Of course, I feel anger and frustration rather easily, but it takes a lot for other emotions to come forward like empathy. God damn. Rough childhoods in today's episode. When she told me about that she was tired of being treated like a servant, I genuinely didn't feel much at all. She was literally screaming and crying, but I was just there. All I could think was how this was inconveniencing me. <laughs> she said that she said that she wasn't going to sugarcoat her words anymore. She was act, acting vindictive, saying that she wanted us, Mom and I, to clamor at her feet for us to grovel for her forgiveness. She's absolutely upset about our treatment of her, but I didn't even know it was happening until today. About how she had been taking care of me ever since I was born, how I had everything served to me on a silver plate, how I was slash am the favorite child. She's obviously upset about our treatment of her, but I didn't even know oh, I didn't know what to say or think. Everything I say gets twisted to be used against me. I genuinely didn't know I was treating her so badly. I'm a straightforward person, especially regarding her since I repress myself so much around her. Groveling is something I am completely unused to. I've never really had to self-sacrifice much, and I get a slight shock every time something doesn't go my way. 
Ugh, such a long post. Groveling is something. I, okay, that's it. Okay. Um, you're fucking crazy, bro. <laughs> hey, Night Stalker, go to church. Hey, Ted Bundy, get out of the car. Leave that woman in the grocery store parking lot alone. That's the vibes I'm getting, babe. Don't know about you. Kid sounds crazy. Now, here's the one thing we got to give credit. We got to give credit where credit's due. He is being self-reflective in this post. He is also extremely articulate, which higher IQs can be a sign of being a fucking serial killer. But that's beside the point. I think that you're fucking a little bit apathetic to everything. But you're also self-reflective because you obviously want to figure yourself out because you made this post. So good on you. Now you just got to take some steps forward to try to be a little bit more emotionally open, emotionally open and stop playing the victim like all oh, my words get twisted and everyone's it's going to be used against me um, because you got to figure your fucking self out and you got to express a little bit more love. Guess what, dude? That's the only older sister you have. So you better try to fucking have a good relationship with her because she's all you got for the rest of your life. You understand? So put the shitty mom who wasn't ready to have kids off to the side and try to grow as a better person. That's all I'm going to say. Try to be a, a good kid. All right? You're obviously extremely intelligent. I mean, this fucking vocabulary you were using as a 15-year-old in this post is extremely impressive. Also... A little bit off-putting, but the fact that you're self-reflecting is a good sign. I don't think that a true sociopath, unless, fuck, we gotta kill, we gotta stay updated on this. Keep your eye on the news, I guess. But no, for real, if you're realizing all this stuff and this fight with your sister is making you think of all these things, there's validity to your thoughts, explore them a little bit more, which I guess is what you're trying to do here. I would say start off by trying to show your sister some empathy and love. Ask her about herself. Try to do something nice for her. See how that makes you feel. If you feel nothing from it, go to a doctor. But if you're nervous about the fact that you are naturally apathetic, all you got to do is try to be a little more empathetic you just gotta you gotta fake i think you gotta fake it till you make it in this situation the more emotionally open that you can attempt to be the more emotionally open you'll eventually become okay so give it a fucking shot open your heart psycho (laughs) scroll stop how do you accept uncertainty in your life adulthood looks really scary and i'm really anxious about about it. Making decisions while you're anxious is a bad idea. So how do I stay calm during uncertainty? Um, don't have an expectation on what certain choices are going to do. Just trust your gut and just take steps. Okay? Some steps might be in the wrong direction. But guess what you can always do? You can always turn around and go back. Always. And it's part of experiencing life and finding out what works for you in your life. You gotta have a little bit more faith in yourself. Go towards things that excite you. Figure out some goals. Figure out some aspirations. And then figure out the very, 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 very first thing you gotta do to get yourself there. One step at a time. Okay? Just the last thing you should ever wanna do is stay in place. All right, babe? I hope that helped. So, Babe, a little bit more serious episode of Cheer Up, Babe, the podcast. Episode 42, we had to get a little bit pretty with it. 
Okay, we had to open our hearts a little bit. We had to get a little bit pretty with it because I have some bad news. Mm. I have some bad news for the Cubs, and I'm sorry. Listen, I have an amazing opportunity on New Year's in Arizona to officiate a wedding for two beautiful souls in my life, which means that next Monday there will not be an episode. I'm calling it off because I want to give these two human beings the most respect possible. I want all of my thoughts and energy to go into making this an incredible experience for them. Obviously, we'll recap it when I get back, but next Monday there will not be an episode 43. You're going to have to wait for the following episode. However, if you keep up with the Instagram posts and you're on, if you're following us on the gram, you can also follow us on Twitter. There will be a link for the merch drop on the New Year's for our accessorizing asses. Okay, we're getting fucking accessorizy with it. We're getting fancy pants. The Cubs get the new excesses. Okay, because we're some accessorizing ass bitches. Now, babe, that's it. I'm going to wrap it up right here. Cheer up, babe, the podcast, episode 42. Happy Monday. You're going to have a great week. All right. It is the last week of 2021 and I want you to fucking kill it. Okay. So chin up. What am I going to say next? Posture up, you slouching ass bitch. All right. It's time to have a great week. It's time to sprint into 2022. Ready for that action, babe. Okay. So go out there. Don't be a bummer and cheer up, babe.